Hi, and welcome to the Sit Down with Suzanne podcast. I am your host, Suzanne. Well, who am I? I am an author, a life coach, a minister, a motivational speaker, and a leader with over 20 odd years of experience leading multi-million dollar corporations. And I am here for your listening pleasure. For all my first time listeners, welcome. And to my returning listeners, I thank you. I thank you for listening, for liking, for subscribing, and for sharing. I am so very excited because I did an episode a few weeks ago where I talked about my book. So I know that you guys, I mentioned several times to you guys that I've written a book. It's called Detoxifying Leadership, My First Class Seat to Toxic Leadership. And it's funny, it didn't even start out like a book, Um, you know. I have these little stories and these little anecdotes from all over the years and, you know, I've jotted them down anyway. A book evolved. So I have a book. It's available on Amazon. Um, you can get it on Amazon. You can get it on Walmart. You can get it at Barnes and Noble. Um, and those are just the major retailers that you can get it. I can't think of every where you can get it right now, but there's also a couple other smaller areas that you can get it. So I'm very excited about that. And I had mentioned um, in another podcast that it's also in the library. So yay. Um, and you do have the ebook version also for those of you who like the touch and the smell of paper like moi, you can absolutely order the book and get it shipped to your home. Or for those who like the digital reader, which I have converted to because of convenience, you can also get the ebook and you can get it right in your Kindle app. So I've written a book and I did an episode a couple weeks ago talking about toxic leadership because being a leader for so many years, I've dealt with many different toxic leadership. And, you know, there's certainly been traits of mine that I have had to work to correct. So I don't end up being a toxic leader. I don't want to have any toxic leadership qualities. And, you know, especially in this day and age where it's about wellness and self-care and inclusiveness and diversity, you want to ensure that you're being the best version of leader that you can be. You know, someone should not feel terrified of coming to work with you. And, you know, I'm still to this day just blown away when I see leaders talking down to um, employees thinking that makes them look important. And I don't think they realize how small it makes them look, um, you know, when they talk down to somebody. So, I'm going to encourage you, if you're a leader, it's so important that you treat people with respect. It's so important that you talk to everybody at the every, at every level with respect. And, you know, when I, I did this book, when I wrote this book, I got so much feedback from friends and family members who said, you know, some of the things that I spoke about resonated with them. They had a particular area that resonated with them. I, you know, I just got so many feedback. And actually, when I did this episode, I got a lot of feedback about it. So I'm like, okay, clearly people want to hear about toxic leadership um, because uh, unfortunately, you know, if you have worked in some capacity in your life, you have dealt with a uh, toxic leader. So I shared the, you know, just a small excerpt from the book um, on the previous podcast and uh, a couple of people reached out to me and two leaders that I admired, um, you know, got the book and they reached out to me and they told me that they were stuck on the same thing. Imagine that. And, you know, they realized that they did most of the work. So one of the chapters I had talked about, you know, that leader that can do everything and did everything. They did most of the work because, you know, they were so caught up in showing their team that, you know, they're not above them. So you can go so far in the other run that you don't realize what you're doing. They were so 
focus on showing the team that, you know, hey, I'm here, I'm working with you, I'm not above you, that they ended up doing all most of the work. So the leaders felt that they, I mean, the employees felt that they didn't trust them. And then they realized that doing most of the work was hindering their team from showing them what they were capable of. Ha! So that is one of the chapters of the book. So, you know, you want to lead a team that understands, you know, that they're going to be problem. Things are going to pop up and you trust them enough. You believe they're capable enough of finding solutions. You don't always have to come up with a solution. That's how people grow. That's how people develop. You help them. You know, they learn to think strategically when they have to figure out the problems um, and the solutions on their own. If you're always a tell direct and giving them the answer, then they are not going to grow. So as a leader, I want you to examine your leadership and um, just truly think about the type of leaders that you have worked with in the past. And this is something that, you know, it's a question we get asked at interview, right? And very few people are, are honest about this because you can't get a job by bashing your old boss. So you have to be diplomatic when you answer this. But a lot of us have worked for toxic leaders. And Sometimes you're asked as an interview, what's the worst lead that you have ever worked for? And, you know, how do you say that my leader was completely toxic without setting a tone in the interview that you don't want to um, set? So every time I think about the leaders of my past and just some of the toxic leadership um, experiences that I've had, you know, the book is subtitled My First Class Seat to Toxic Leadership. You know, I really ensure that those are not some traits and behavior that I've picked up on and that it's not something that, you know, I do. So I use it as an opportunity to examine my leadership. I use it in, as an opportunity for growth. I am always and consistently growing. You know, there's things that I do as a leader that I'm sure that my team are not too okay with. And I'm hoping that I have fostered this culture where they feel that they can come to me and it's an open door policy and come to me and we can sit down and discuss it. And, you know, certainly we could get to the whys. Um, in retail, we're always trying to find the why, the why, the why, the why. If this is not performing, why is it not performing? You have to get to the root cause. And, you know, when you have a situation where your team feels that you're not being supportive, you know, you have to ask them, why do they think that? And you do need to get to, you do need to do a lot of self-examination when you're a leader to try to figure out why you do the things you do. Because sometimes we find that the reason why we do the things that we do, it's because we think it's what we should be doing. But I've learned that, you know, leadership things from the past are gone. And, you know, there's certain things you can learn from it. But, you know, we have to change because it's a different environment right now. Just think about where we are today. Last year at this time, we were closed. Uh, the majority of the world was shut down and a lot of folks were working from home, even though they were told for years that they couldn't work from home because they could not be as productive. I know right now, um, lots of states and, you know, thank God that COVID-19, the, 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 the cases are just decreasing at a rapid race and the debts are also decreasing. So workplaces are looking at people to come back in, but that is a conversation. It's not, you don't just pick up and say, hey, um, you know, 
do this, you have the conversations and people need to know the why. Um, and, you know, I think there needs to be understanding on both part um, that there are some places that you have to go back into work. And then there are some places that they might not be ready um, to take the employees back in because they have not put any safety precautions in place um, to ensure the employees' safety. So there's always two sides to a story. So right now, I know there's a lot going on in regards to folks working from home, folks um, you know, working from the office. And there's good and bad to every side, right? There's some people that are absolutely going to take advantage, um, employers and employees. And then there's some people that are genuinely good people who will do the right thing. So just think about it now. I mean, a year and a half ago, this was not something that we were even thinking about. This was not something that we were even thinking of doing. So how do we go to the next step? You think about it now, there are so many different um, genders. There are so many different um, cultures that we're dealing with, and we need to lead and treat people equally. And people will always say, oh, I treat everybody but equally, but you really think about it, we certainly have unconscious bias and there are certain things that when you are leading a team, you know, you kind of look to the, 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 the men to do and certain things you kind of look to the woman to do. So why not? So this is what I'm saying to you. It's like, it's not that you're necessarily a bad person, but if you allow certain behaviors to develop, it could lead into toxic leadership. So we all have unconscious bias. So Every decision, every action, you do have to examine it because you want to ensure that your decision is fair to everyone. I mean, we know that lots of things that happen in life is not fair. So how do you ensure that you are a fair leader? It has a lot to do with self-examination. So in the last episode, I did list um, five traits and qualities that... Um, tips that I think you should avoid if you want to, you know, stop yourself from becoming a toxic leader. And I could review the first five that I had, you know, I'd ran through and then I'll break down the other five because I did list quite a few in the book. So the first five I gave was communication has two parts. You have to talk and you have to listen. So if you haven't listened to that old episode, please go back and listen. Um, it is more impactful to show your team who you are versus tell them. It is more about the people you lead and less about you. You are just as responsible for the worst performer on your team as you are for the top performer. And the last one was your team reflect, reflects you both the good and the bad. So I'm not going to go over those again, uh, but those were the five. So the next five I'm going to go over tonight is you have to lead with accountability. And what does that mean? You have to hold yourself accountable. If you are not holding yourself accountable to something, you do not have the right to hold somebody accountable to it. What is good for the goose is good for the gander. And I just showed my age because that is a phrase that was my mama used to say way back. But, you know, a lot of times like leaders will think it's okay to take, I had a previous boss who would take extended lunches, right? So the lunch was an hour and it would take two, three hours. Um, you know, a long lunch break. And when they got back, took a long time to get back into work, but held everybody accountable 
to taking the appropriate lunch break. So he did not lead with accountability. If you're holding your team accountable to something, you should be held accountable to the same standard. And your team might not call you out on it because depending on the job that you do, some team members are fearful of calling out the boss, but you should hold yourself accountable. And just because you can get away with it, doesn't mean you should try to get away with it. So you should lead with accountability, even if you're being accountable to yourself. And that's very important. Self-accountability is very important. The next one is develop your team so they can be independent of you. Okay. Here's the thing. Your team is not successful if you can't leave to go away for a day or weekend or a vacation. You need to work with your team, develop your team, consistently assess their skills, um, consistently encourage them to, if you guys offer courses on the job or things like that, training, offer training, partner them with um, um, more experienced um, employer employees, um, with mentors, anything you have to do to help them develop their skill sets so that they'll get better. So yes, so that you can take care of yourself because if you take care of yourself, you will take care of your team. So if your team cannot function without you, that is a failure on your part because you need to ensure that they can be independent of you. That if you have a day off, they're not blowing up your phone. They're not texting, emailing and doing all that. Um, that you can have a vacation without being stressed out. That is the sign of a good leader. That doesn't mean if you if your team can't function without you, it doesn't mean that you are that good and they're that bad. No, it is quite the opposite. It means you haven't developed them enough so that they can be independent of you. Here's another thing. Give praise and give it often. Recognize when your team does something. It is about celebrating behaviors. And yes, you want results, but you also need to celebrate the consistent behaviors that are going to get you the results. Because sometimes when your team is doing something, they may not get the result that you need immediately. But if they continue to do the behaviors and if they continue to do it consistently, it will eventually yield the result that you're going after. It might not be overnight, but it will happen. So you need, if you want that behavior to continue consistently, you need to continue to encourage them. You need to continue to praise them and give them praise often. I don't mean empty praises. I mean, you need to give them praises to let them know that they're doing a good job. You need to celebrate every success. All right. The other one is Feedback is an important part of development. Oftentimes, people think giving constructive feedback is a bad thing. A lot of people don't even like to hear constructive feedback. A lot of bosses don't like to give constructive feedback because they fear they won't be liked if they give constructive feedback. But it is a part of your growth. It is a part of development. Consistent feedback is important for your growth and development. And then here's the other kicker, 
you do have to have follow up with it because if you touch base with a team member um, in regards to something that they need to develop in regards to a behavior, um, in regards to something that they need to fix and you all sit down and have a conversation and you know create a clear pathway to get the desired result, um, you as a leader have to ensure that you're touching base with them, that you're checking in with them, you're following up and then you know get the end result that you need. So constructive feedback is a very important part of development, just as important as praise. Um, and you want to make sure that, you know, they're getting both. They're getting the praise when they're doing something well, and they're getting the constructive feedback when they are doing it right. Because here's the thing, your team might not know they're doing something wrong if you don't let them know. Because if I start a job and I'm doing something wrong and I've done it for one, two, three, four years and nobody has said anything to me, I am going to assume that what I am doing is right. So you as a leader having that conversation with that person, letting them know, um, you know, about the behavior or what it is that they're doing is important for their development. And here's another thing on their review is not the first time they should hear about something that they're not doing correctly. Your review should not be any surprises. And I'm talking about review because, you know, we're delivering reviews. I mean, the world was changed and everything is changing now. And, you know, every timeline has shifted, but a lot of people are delivering performance reviews right now. And your team member should not walk into a performance review and going into a surprise. It should be touching based on things that you've already talked about. Say, so by the way, in January of 2020, you did this. That is not fair to that team member. So you want to make sure that you have had that conversation, that it's consistent and that it is happening. Because when you do get the desired results, let's jump back to the one before, then you'll have the opportunity to give the praise and you have the opportunity to give the praise often. So I mentioned I'm only going to do five right? So the last one is this coach in private. You know, I talked about it. Um, constructive feedback is important. So when you're giving constructive feedback, it is a form of coaching and everybody needs coaching, but it's so important that when you give coaching, when you are coaching and you're giving constructive feedback, that you're doing it in private, that you're not calling somebody out in front of their peers, that you're not calling somebody out in front of even people that report to them or they report to. The only person that should be a part of co that conversation are the people, the persons or the people that it is relevant to. So if you're a leader that you do have to have, you know, some companies are different you know, depend on the conversation. You may have to have an HR um, representative in there with you. That's different. But when you are coaching and giving constructive feedback, it should be done in private and you should talk and listen because you should give the person an opportunity to respond. Um, I have so many more nuggets that I want to share and I'll be dropping different episodes of the podcast throughout the year, but I don't want to give it all because I want you guys to keep coming back. I want you to gap the book, grab the book on your own, and I want you to share your feedback on your experiences with toxic leadership. You know, I'm going to tell you a story. So there is this particular leader and that shares story often about 
good qualities. The challenge that I have with this leader is that this leader shares stories about themselves. I think it's great that you tell your team about things that you do well, but I think as a leader who oversee a lot of people, when you're sharing a story about what success looked like from, you know, whatever the industry is, if you're sharing stories about what success looked like from a customer service perspective, um, and you have a story for that, what success looked like from a selling perspective, and you have a story for that, if you're sharing story from a merchandising success, um, and you have a story for that, it's important that you're talking about other people and not just yourself. Because if every single story is just glorifying yourself and talking about how great you are, people are not going to learn because they're going to think that A, you don't have anybody great that worked for them, or B, they're really going to think that it is all about you. So there's nothing wrong with staring a sharing a story about something that you did, but it cannot be consistent. It cannot be all the time. You just have to talk about somebody else. It cannot always be about you. Also has to be about your people. It can't always be about you. So I've given you some nuggets. I've given you some tips to avoid if you want to avoid becoming a toxic leader. Um, you know, it's so important to me as a leader for me to consistently grow and develop and evolve. And as I learn, I will teach. That is the great part about leadership. There is no time that you could say, okay, I've learned all there is to be about being a leader. I don't need to know anymore. No, no. You have to constantly learn and grow and evolve and develop. And that's how you become a better leader because the things that we're dealing with today was not the things that we were dealing with five years ago. As a matter of fact, it's not even the things that we were dealing with last year. This pandemic has showed us that things could turn on a dime. Supply chains have been disruptive. Um, you know, operations manager are dealing with things things that they hadn't dealt with before, just the logistics of now getting everybody back into the office and dealing with all that. So there is so much going on and there's so much to leadership that we are going to continue to learn as a leader. That is one big thing for you. You got to keep learning. All right. So those are the five tips that I want to give you. I want to give you a bonus, but I want to keep you coming back. So I am so excited to always share with you guys, and I really hope that this podcast is helping somebody. So I'm going to encourage you to go to all the major podcasting directories, Spotify, Pandora, Stitcher, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, all of them, and subscribe, follow, like, share. I also, I'm a member of Buy Me A Coffee, so you can find me. It's right at the bottom of the podcast. You can follow me um, and buy me a coffee at... At, um, positively Susie. Absolutely. I don't do coffee. I do tea, but buy me a coffee anyway. Um, so after you have subscribed, shared, like, um, write a review, please. You can also email me at Suzanne at positively But until next time, this is Suzanne saying, don't be a toxic leader and I'll see you soon.